The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. And this is Jonathan Healy filling in for Pat Kenny this morning on this Friday Forum. Virtual wards, a shortage of medicines, differing pricing on GP services around the country and quite the Barney in the Doyle. Our Friday Forum is with us here uh, to look ahead and look back as well. We're with uh, Colin Burke, who is the Fine Gael TD for Cork North Central. Uh, Dunnick O'Leary is Sinn Féin TD for Cork South Central and journalist Liz Dunphy from the Irish Examiner. Good morning to you all. Thanks for coming into us here in Republic of Work. Liz, I'm going to begin with you, if I can. I mean, what transpired in the Doyle this week, the motion of no confidence in a senior government minister normally would generate a huge amount of interest. This didn't land in the public consciousness, which I'm presuming was the opposite of what Sinn Féin were trying. Any idea why? Well, I suppose, I mean... It's been, it was definitely a dramatic week from a political point of view, I suppose, as regards grandstanding in the Doyle and that kind of thing. But I guess, you know, after the, the previous weeks that we had with all the rioting, the questions about, you know, lacking in Garda resources, maybe the public were just, you know, too fatigued by the whole issue to take it that seriously at that stage. Also, the reality was that, you know, the numbers in, in government meant that it was unlikely that the no confidence motion in Miss McEntee was ever really going to pass. And her government colleagues did come on pretty, pretty quickly on board and say that they would support her and it was defeated on Tuesday by, you know, 83 votes to 63 with one abstention. One of the weirdest things about this was Eamon Ryan uh, potentially having to come back from Dubai because um, there was no agreed pairing. Now eventually I think Jennifer Whitmore of the Social Democrats did it but that just went to the level of farce that it was because it was inevitably going to fail but a minister was being made, the Green Party leader was being made come back from Dubai. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't in fairness to Jennifer Whitmore for standing in and, you know, saving him the flight back in the middle of COP. It would have been quite farcical. Um, but yeah, it was it was a messy week, I suppose it would be fair to say, in the Doyle. Uh, let's have a listen to Helen McEntee. This is what she said after uh, she survived. It might surprise Deputy Macdonald to know that this is not an episode of The Apprentice. You can't fire your way out of a situation. It's a serious business that requires judgment and leadership quality. She and her party repeatedly failed to show so let's ask ourselves, Ken Corlea, if Sinn Féin were in government, if Deputy Macdonald was Taoiseach, after sacking the Minister for Justice, after sacking the Garda Commissioner, who would she turn to for advice on security and policing? Would it be the same Republican family who said it was OK to ignore COVID rules for a political funeral? The same group of people she consulted before she unashamedly politicised policing in the past because it is nothing new. Helen McEntee uh, speaking uh, to Mary Lou MacDonald in, in the Doyle, yes, um, when that vote was defeated. Um, for me, what became very frustrating, Dunnick O'Leary, uh, was that we ended up uh, having discussions that uh, were the same discussions that we had 20, 25 years ago. But I have to put it to you that Sinn Féin kind of brought this on itself. It was a pointless exercise trying to dethrone the Minister for Justice. Yeah, look, I don't agree with that. Like, I mean, obviously the government has majority. We were aware of that going into the to the motion. Um, I, I don't agree either that it didn't land with the public. Maybe to some elements of the commentariat, they weren't, this wasn't the topic that they wanted to be talking about. But among the public as a whole, I think there was interest in it on your own show. I think there was a, vo- or on your own channel, there was a Vox Pop during the week. Uh, nobody, I think, asked, uh, thought that Minister McEntee should stay. And certainly it was brought up to me in the streets in Cork, on, outside the school gate, um, in full agreement, uh, a feeling that 
this situation in terms of community safety, in terms of guard the presence on the ground here in Cork, but obviously in Dublin and the context of the, the recent riot, uh, had been allowed to escalate and that the service had been neglected and that that needed to be addressed very urgently and that there was uh, a very clear sense that Minister McEntee had been given uh, more than enough time and that mm. she clearly wasn't up to the job. Um, in terms of the attacks in the Doyle, look, yeah, that was expected, but like, I mean, I, I don't think that's a reason not to do anything. And if anything, I think that's probably largely had an impact within the walls of Leinster House. I don't think the, the general public picked up on that. And to be honest, I think it largely happened because there was no real defence. There was no real uh, standing over Minister McEntee's record, particularly when it came to community safety and okay. policing. Colin Burke, um, has the Minister been damaged by this? Not at all. And I think it's... In oh, come fact, on, Colin. She fact, has been damaged. In fact, if you look at it, um, the leader of Sinn Féin... Uh, gave incorrect information in it all. For instance, she alleged that the school had not, had no contact for two weeks by anyone in the department or any supports, which was totally incorrect. And there was no apology given by the leader of Sinn Féin to that, where incorrect information was put on the Dáil record, not withdrawn, and no apology furnished. And in relation to Helen McEntee, we've done a lot of work over the last number of years in relation to making sure that the Gardaí have uh, up-to-date equipment in relation to cars and in relation to all of the other uh, equipment that they require. Colin Burke, look, we, we know that we know the Garda numbers are down. I mean, there was <clears> even reports this morning um, that Garda numbers in Pierce Street, in Store Street, the two areas that were very much at the centre of what was happening in the Bel- in, in the Dublin riots, uh, those numbers are down almost by nineteen percent. We have actually increased the staffing numbers overall in the Garda in relation to the number of Garda, but also in relation to the backup support staff. We've taken on over fifteen hundred people in a clerical role within the Gardaí over the last number of years and that's going to continue. We're hoping in 2024 that over a thousand new recruits will be in uh, trained up in relation to the Gardaí in order to deal with the two issues which has been raised okay. constantly about people leaving but also about people who Donna are... you wanted to come are, in there about Mary Lou Macdonald not apologising. I mean, she sh- perhaps she should apologise because she was wrong. Yeah, well, like, I mean, I suppose she wasn't talking about state agencies, she wasn't talking about NEPs, she was talking about government TDs and ministers and it is the case that no, the first the in- meeting... No, the indication in fairness, Donica, was that meeting, there was no support from the state. No, that the government hadn't contacted. Now, you could interpret government in a number of ways, but what was meant by that is government TDs and the, the political parties. The Are you first, trying to tell me Pascal Donner who wasn't on to that school given that it was in his constituency? Meeting, the first meeting that took place with the parents was the Monday before the PMB and that's what she was referring to. Now, in relation to, and, and parents were quite frustrated at that, they had hoped for a meeting quite a bit earlier than that and that was what was being referred to. Now, in relation so it was, to it was government with a small G as opposed to a big G. Is that that? That's so we're, we're worrying about the size of the G. Possibly the, yeah. with the expertise were the people that were the right people. And to there's, go no, in there. there's no suggestion. There's no suggestion. That was there's the no, indication. No that, was the, that was the indication given that there was no backup support at all given to the school, which in fact was incorrect because there were people with the expertise who knew how to deal with a very difficult situation like this where children were traumatised. And that's fine, Colin. And there's no criticism of NEPs in any of this. But that wasn't withdrawn. Absolutely. That wasn't withdrawn. No, like, I mean, clearly there was no, uh, like, criticism in terms of NEPs or any of those supports. That's important and it's welcome that that was there. But I think, given the scale of what happened, it would have been important for government TDs to be more front and centre. In terms of numbers, like, Colin, I think really in terms of like there are less guard and less guard stations than there were in two thousand open than there were in two thousand eleven. What's more, like when you look at the targets that Finnegale themselves said, Charlie Flanagan talked about a force of twenty one thousand, uh, fifteen thousand uh, enrolled, four thousand uh, uh, civilian staff, two thousand reserve. We are about four thousand, almost four thousand. Okay. Of that when you go across the different categories. Do you but think, Donica, that targets two years old? Okay. 
do, do you think that Sinn Féin will ever be taken seriously as, as a party of law and order in this country? Because that, that's the position that you're putting yourselves in right now by defending on Garda Khan as you've been doing, by bringing a lot of these matters into the public domain. Do you think the public will swallow that? Because that's, that's the coat that Fine Gael has been trying to wear for years. Now, it may have lost some of its sheen, but does anyone think that Sinn Féin will be the party of law and order? I think the people who vote for us certainly think that. And I think in our communities, and the people that we represent do believe that we're, and they believe that we're the party that is to the fore when there is an issue in their communities, when there is a slow guard response, usually because of lack of resources. Um, and I believe we are taken seriously like that. And we, we are, I think people look to us for leadership, and rightly so. But, Conor Burke, would you not look at the overall reform that has occurred over the last 10, 12 years? Like, for instance, you take the speeding vans that are on the roads now, before that was all left to the Gardaí. There's a whole lot of new systems in place where there's less uh, requirement for Gardaí to be in the courts, etc. And that is still a delaying process. So, like, you're not comparing like with like. Yes, there is a need to get more Gardaí. We are comparing the idea that, that your party and your minister said that Dublin streets were safe. When everybody painfully knew that I, wasn't I the case. I walked up uh, from the top of Grafton Street all the way up to the top of O'Connell Street about three weeks before these riots occurred. Uh, at uh, around 8.30 one night. Um, O'Connell Street was buzzing. There was a lot of tourists on mm. it. And people obviously wouldn't be there in O'Connell Street if they didn't well, be I, safe. I, I did the same and uh, that was tackled by three aggressive beggars. So, I mean, it depends on the time you're there. Liz, uh, Well, this Liz, was at half eight at yeah, night, half eight, yeah, was, night. Mine and, was in the, know, mine was in the middle of the day. Weeks, this was three weeks before okay, this Liz Dunphy, if I can so come I'm back to you, if I can come back to you, Liz Dunphy, there is a sense of political bubble about this, that the, the, the row that went on in Leinster House this week, everybody looked down and go, oh, God. I mean, what are we achieving by this? We want more guards. We want more visibility. We want to feel safe, particularly in Dublin. And here are these guys just tearing strips off each other. And as you're hearing, with all due respect to my wonderful co-contributors here today, the, the political fighting that we're hearing on this show, again, it very much reflects really the no confidence motion, as you were alluding to earlier as well. And this constant kind of fighting when really we need to be tackling the issues at hand. There obviously is a crisis in policing at the moment. You know, there are serious issues with the way that we're, say, policing the far right right, the way that we're responding also to not just from a, a, a law and order and justice perspective, but I think we really need to be looking at, you know, the cutbacks that we're seeing since the financial crash in things like social care and community resources for disadvantaged communities and then all the st- services, the vital services that were stripped back over COVID. It's also these lack of kind of wraparound services that have led to the problems that we're seeing on our streets now as regards law and order and you know, teenagers allegedly out of control, problems like this, you know, we need to have, it's not just about law and order, although that is obviously so important and increasing garden numbers is very important. We also need the, but the, the social, social cohe- Yeah, the social care. cohesion that we have lost. I mean, I was only talking to someone about this the other day, Colin Burke, that a lot of the schemes that we had in place, the CE schemes that were dropped after the 0708 crash, still haven't come back. And we're wondering why social cohesion has no, no, broken no, down. And you've been in power since yeah. then. No, no. And all of those schemes are in place. You, you take community employment at the moment. The problem with community employment is we can't get people to come on board because of the fact that we have full employment. But the fact that we cut we, them all in 2007, no, no, 2008, we, 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 we are reaping all, the rewards of that no, no, now. No, we put them, we, most of those have been restored fully in the last number of years. And if you look at it, the number of schemes that have been expanded, we've done a huge amount of work in relation to having more people working in community, both in relation to healthcare and in relation to a whole lot of other areas. Like you take in even my own constituency, for instance, we built a, a facility above in St Mary's, uh, uh, the old St Mary's Orthopaedic Hospital, which has a whole range of services that before weren't available in the north side of the city. Likewise, in other areas, um, we're working 
uh, as regards bringing facilities okay. to as close as possible to where people are living. Uh, Donna Colera, <clears throat> one of the things that surprised me this week is on the back of everything that's gone on, Sinn Féin have been doing incredibly good in, in, in the polls and we know um, that, that your party is the largest party at the moment, although it's not reflected in the Dáil purely because uh, the, the polls are now reflecting what might be the opinion right now. But you're on the way down, you're slipping a little bit. Why is that, do you think? Like I suppose the context there is two polls, I think, in the autumn that saw a very rapid increase, followed by two polls that I suppose contradicted that. So I think if you take them in the round, we're doing very, very well. I think we are by far and away the most popular party um, and well and above where we were at the last general election. So we would be hoping to go into the next general election and return a strong number of TDs, take no vote for granted. Absolutely, we have to work for all of them. And obviously we take stock of opinion polls. But like, I mean, I'm very satisfied with where we are and where we're performing. Do you, do you think you might be losing some of that ground that you had made because perhaps of policies that are being exposed by the party? No, I don't believe so. Like, I mean, I think, look, we'll, you know, you take every poll as it comes uh, and you look at the long-term trend. By and large, I think it's fairly positive. I would say this, just you've been talking about the social contract. Like, I mean, when you look at what you expect from government, a roof over your head to be careful when you're sick and for your community to be safe. And in all those three areas, as far as I'm concerned, the government is failing profoundly. When we went in 2011, you know, we set out a target that we'd create 100,000 jobs within a time period by 2015. Over the last 10, 11 years, there's over 650,000 more people now working in this country. But are you saying, but what about people feeling safe? What about access to a house? What about access to acute medical care when you need it? Well, you take in relation to health service, for instance, we have 40,000 more people working within the health service we're going we have 13,000 people homeless we have 103,000 people working in the health service in December 2014 we now have over 143,000 whole time equivalents working in the HSE that's doctors nurses care assistants right across the board clerical staff the whole lot 43,000 more that's an increase of 40% the question is about infrastructure and I fully agree that we need to fast track the provision of infrastructure within the health service. And I raised that in the door. Is it about infrastructure? Because we read about Mm. it today in the newspaper and we were talking a little bit earlier on to the political correspondent of the Daily Mail who has seen correspondence saying that the Minister for Public Expenditure is very critical of the Minister for Health. If you can't agree in government, what's the likelihood of succeeding? I can't. All I'm saying to you is in relation to healthcare, we need to fast track the delivery of infrastructure. For instance, you take in our hospitals We've increased staffing levels in our hospitals by 36% across the board. And the budget is a runaway. No, no, but the the issue that now arises and came up at the Health Committee and the Public Accounts Committee recently, the number of people being treated in the hospital hasn't increased by 36%. So we have a lot of work to do as regards making sure that we can get the services delivered. And like that simple things like access to theatres, all of that. And and the whole Pascal versus Stephen thing, is is, is that helpful or is that distracting people at the time when they should be focused at the We need to make sure that we don't have runaway budgets in any area and we make sure that the taxpayers are getting value for money and we can get the delivery of services. And as I said... 43,000 more people working in the HSC now compared to six, seven okay. years ago. Um, I'm not sure that answers the question about the row between Pascal and Stephen. Liz Dunphy, uh, one of the stories that caught my eye this week is the differing prices between GPs around the country. Now, um, I have to say, fantastic GP service that we have um, and uh, it, it is reasonable by, by the price of this list. It really depends on where you live, doesn't it? Definitely, very much so. And surprise, surprise, the most expensive places to see a GP are in Dublin. I think no one will be shocked to hear that. But they 
this was from um, results from an Ipsos poll for the Department of Health and it found there was there was up to a 50 euro uh, difference in the price people are paying for a GP visit in different parts of the country. So I'd ranged... want to get a scan if it's being charged 50 euros more than I'm paying here right now. It's incredible. It ranged from as low as 26 euros up to about 75 across the country. So that's quite a big price discrepancy in fairness. And it found that more than one in three or more than a third were paying between 51 and 75 with um, over 2% charged to over 75 euros in Dublin. So that's obviously a, a a lot of money and a, a big price discrepancy. Um, I think also, though, it's worth noting that um, the study was actually done before the you know new bro- budget brought in um, more entitlements to GP cards, free and GP medical care, cards. Yeah. yeah, so free GPs for under eights as opposed to just under fives before and relaxed. It's a, it's a completely unregulated area uh, because GPs can set whatever they they like. They, I mean, they're all independent operators, and I'm sure the competition authority will keep an eye on it, Colin Burke. But ultimately. And you have to pay it if you're sick. Oh yeah, but I think one of the things that's not the message hasn't gone out there is that there's an extra two hundred and fifteen thousand people in this country entitled to free GP care now. Even you take, and I'll give you one example. Say you have someone who's earning, say, um, thirty-two thousand a year, and their partner is earning over thirty thousand a year. They have a mortgage of two thousand one hundred per month. They're entitled to get a free GP care if they've say two children. They will get a free. Uh, Do we know G- how many people have taken up the free GP cards if, they're, the if they're being made available? The, the number of people are not familiar with the qualifying criteria. You know, in particular, what's taken into account: mortgages, cost of crash, all the. Is it a pain in the backside to fill in the form? No, it's not. I mean, in fairness, it's it's about free GP care, and I think it's an extremely important area. So we reckon about an extra two hundred fifteen thousand people are entitled okay. to free GP care, and that's only announced in the last two two months. So you know, there's a lot of work to be done, but I, I think it's important we get out the information on that. I, I have yeah. some text that I want to get through here just before we finish up. As a serving member of Angarda Shiakana, I would rather be governed by the current government, however inept they may be, than have a Sinn Féin minister for justice. Maybe Sinn Féin should read the room with the guard in the ground. There the last party the rank and file would ever want in power Donica I could find plenty of guards who would say order Right. Uh, one more here uh, I'm not sure if there's a political tint to this but it's from Austin and from why I don't know anyone who thought the motion this week was worthwhile or to Sinn Féin's benefit Donica must have his own echo chamber I've a good time for him and all but Sinn Féin are making a lot of errors possibly feeling the pressure of downward polls yeah, well, look, I mean, we've covered the polls and look, I'm confident enough that in the round um, we are in a strong position going into the next election. Look, people are entitled to their views, but like, I mean, among the people that I talked about, this is a pressing issue and has been for some time. And particularly here in Cork, we haven't been getting our fair shake in terms of additional guardy. One additional guard in the last intake in Templemore. Four. One. One. one <laughs> for the whole of, county. For the whole county <laughs> for out of 126, four all year. That's probably less than have been leaving in terms of... I would imagine a lot more have left than that. what's yeah. going up to Dublin now. So really Cork has been very badly neglected in uh, terms of all this. Ed says, I walk down Fleet Street down O'Connell Street between 5.30 and 8.30. I'm in D1 downtown several times a week. Last night I saw two Gardaí hanging around the GPO on the way down, two different Gardaí on the way back. There's an urgent Gardaí, urgent need for more Gardaí on the beat covering all of downtown Dublin, not just a token presence, says Ed in Dublin. Tokenism won't get us through this well, crisis. One of the issues about uh, Gardaí on the streets is that Gardaí are on the street in the sense of in in vehicles in, in making sure that they can get to an incident faster and also making sure that they are seen there. And I think it is 
uh, it is important about having Gardaí in the street and you know we need to do a lot more work on that and, and in fairness to the Minister I think that is going okay. to ha- change over the next, uh, next few months. The clock has beaten us but I'd like to say thank you to Liz Dunphy, journalist from the Irish Examiner, Dundagal Lear, Sinn Féin TD for Cork South Central, Colin Burke, Fine Gael TD for Cork North Central. Thank you all very much for joining us here in our Republic of Work studio. Don't forget you can listen to all of our items uploaded as podcasts. You can listen to them on the News Talk app powered by Go Loud. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.